Well, welcome, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Understanding Business. This is utlradio.com, your business success and legal information station, and this is episode 182. Now, on today's show, I'm going to be speaking with Rich Gasperi, and I'm really excited. Rich Gasperi is a legend in the bodybuilding world. He has so many uh, championship accolades that would take half the show just to get through all of them. And uh, in addition to being a former top pro bodybuilder, a Hall of Famer in the IFBB Hall of Fame, he's also the founder of Gasperi Nutrition, which is one of the world's leading supplement companies. And we are going to be talking to him today about his journey from competitive bodybuilder into uh, entrepreneur and business owner. And we're going to talk to him about what lessons he's learned, what skills he's been able to translate from bodybuilding into business, and what what we can learn from him on our own journey as entrepreneurs and business owners. Now, Rich is a, a great guy. I remember years ago meeting him when I was dabbling in bodybuilding. Uh, this has to be in the late 80s. I had met him at a gym, and uh, he was kind enough to sign a, a picture for me. Just a really great guy and known for his tenacity and hard work. Now, if you'd like to talk to Rich today or ask him a question or join the discussion, please feel free to call on the show at 347-855-8831. And I also want to remind you about our Rich Gasperi giveaway. We'll be giving away a copy of Rich's book, 51 Days, No Excuses. To enter, all you have to do is listen to today's show, leave a review on iTunes, and email a screenshot of your review to giveaways at utlradio.com. Now, full terms and conditions are listed on into us by September 16th. The winner will be announced live during our September 17th show. Now, uh, we're waiting for Rich to call in. Sometimes, uh, you know, timing, things happen. So while we're waiting for him to uh, to call in, I want to talk a little bit about bodybuilding because most of the people that are really not into bodybuilding, into the sport itself, they don't really understand what it is. And you know, if you if you look at commercials that are on today um, for for gyms, something that we've all seen, something like the Planet Fitness commercial, where they have this commercial and they have all these. Um, you know, fit but skinny people at a gym, and they say, oh, this is a, a, a no-lunk uh, zone or whatever they call it. Uh, I have my own issues with Planet Fitness, but we won't get into that. Um, but basically, they're saying that people that are muscle-bound and, and people that are competitive bodybuilders, they're, you know, outcasts. They're, they're, it's not a real sport. They're somebody that you don't want at your gym. And that really has been something that has been a challenge for pro and competitive bodybuilders, I think probably through all their lives, because um, this sport is, I think, more of a, a fringe sport, although it has sort of increased in popularity over the years and then decreased, and we've been back more or less to a fitness movement. But what I want to say and what I want to talk about, and I'm speaking from experience having been in in the, the, uh, the field of bodybuilding uh, as a very low-level amateur for a while, um, what I want to explain is that bodybuilding makes you work like an entrepreneur. If you want to be a successful, what you do to be a successful business owner or entrepreneur. So. Before you hear, you know, the idea of bodybuilding and it being something that um, is not of interest to you, and how is that going to translate to being an entrepreneur, I want to explain a little bit about it. Bodybuilding is a, a commitment, very similar to the commitment you make as a business owner. And while there are millions of people who are at gyms every day lifting weights, a lot of people have, you know, good muscular development. within you. It is the level of dedication and commitment 
and desire to be the best, most successful person that you can be. And what's interesting about it is that the level of commitment on a daily basis never changes. You have to go day in and day out if you really want this as your career. And for pro bodybuilders, it is a career. It's not a hobby or something that they do because they like it. This is, for many pros, the way that they make their living. And so they put this level of commitment in that is just never-ending. It rides the waves of uh, good days and bad days, just like we have as entrepreneurs. Now, to be a pro bodybuilder, you are on a very strict, regimented diet where maybe you're eating five or six meals a day, you're watching what you eat, the types of food you eat, and then you are training sometimes twice a day. Other people train, it all depends on how you structure your training, but you know, if you're preparing for a show, a lot of bodybuilders will train twice a day. Um, it is a full-on dedicated commitment to being the best that you can be. The other thing that happens in pro bodybuilding is that you're dealing with competitors. It's a competition. You're dealing with other bodybuilders. And what is important to take away from that is that it's very similar to us as business owners or entrepreneurs. We deal with competitors all the time. Now, there's two ways to look at competitors, and let's look at it as a bodybuilder might, but this is an unsuccessful bodybuilder. He may look at his competition, and he may say, wow, that guy has uh, better delts, better chest, better back. He's a better poser. Um, I'm never going to be able to beat him. He's better at this. He's better at that. Uh, I, I, I can't win. That's, that's the loser. That's the negative. That's the guy that never makes it because he is aware of his competition but completely consumed by it. And the same holds true for us as entrepreneurs. We have to be aware of our competition. If you're creating a product or providing a service, you know that other people are doing similar things. If you're a consultant, if you're a life coach, if you're a, um, you know, whatever it might be in your field, you know that there are thousands, if not tens of thousands or more people doing the same thing. If you as an entrepreneur get hung up on not just acknowledging your competition as being there, but being consumed by what they're doing, and not in a positive way, because it's one thing to say, look, this competitor of mine is rolling out this new program or plan or a new app or a website, and it looks good, and maybe I should think about it. That's different. That's more of an analytical um, standpoint. It's something that you're, you're looking at to see. What, let me gauge my competition. Gauging competition is one thing. Being consumed by it is a completely separate animal always leads to failure because you need to focus on you. Be aware of the competition. Take you know, some form of assessment as to what they're doing, but then you focus on you. And that's what most successful bodybuilders have learned over the years. If you go into a competition and you don't place as high as you want to place. You have to look around and assess your competition, but then go back and look within you. What can you do differently? What can you do better? Was your diet as tight as it should have been? Did you put in the amount of hours necessary uh, at the gym? Maybe your cardio was low. Maybe you you know, hadn't had enough time practicing your poses, or maybe there was a body part that was lagging. So you've got to look at that and say, all right, now how can I fix that? not be fixated on the fact that there are other people who have things better than you, whether it's a, 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 you know, a better area of, of muscular development or a better product. You cannot compare, unless you are the exact same animal, you cannot compare two people or two businesses. They're, they're just you know, different creatures because we as people make up these businesses and it really is important to understand that in order to be successful you must look within
It's your own strengths, weaknesses, where you need to develop, where you need to work on bettering yourself. So I think that, that that's a very important lesson to learn, and that's something that we can take directly from bodybuilding as a sport. You have competitors. Be aware of them. Assess them. But then let them go and focus on you, because that's the only way you're going to be better. Haven't you spoken to entrepreneurs or business owners who are so hung up on what their competitors are doing that that's all they talk about? I mean, I've been involved with people directly like that, where all they talk about is their competitor. I don't know how this person's doing it. I don't know how they're making that much money. I don't know how they're building this brand the way they are. I don't know how their website looks so good. You know, you're never going to succeed. That's just a given. Not going to happen. What you need to do is say, I acknowledge my competition, and I see what they're doing. I'm assessing it. And maybe there are things that I can pick and choose that I would like to do as well, but maybe I could do them better or differently. That's important. That's helpful. But fixating on your competition is a bad thing. And any competitor in any sport, whether it's bodybuilding or uh, basketball or Olympic weightlifting or table tennis, whatever it is, they're going to tell you the same thing to focus on you and your development. Okay. Now, another lesson that we can learn from the sport of bodybuilding is failure. Okay. I don't, I, I know there are a ton of people out there, a lot of motivational guys and girls who will tell you that failure is not a thing, there's only challenges and hurdles. You can call it whatever you want. To me, semantics is nothing more than, than, than what it is, word games. You're going to have failures, difficulties, hurdles, obstacles as a competitive bodybuilder. Um, whether you are training really hard and everything's going great and then you tear a muscle, that's going to set you back. It's probably going to take you out of any competition that you were in. So how do you deal with that? I mean, you want to call it a, a, um, a mis, mishap, an unfortunate event, a failure, an obstacle, uh, an unpleasant situation. I don't care what you call it, but let's see it as what it is, which is something you have to overcome, okay? And I think that you can learn a lot from athletes, in particular bodybuilders, because they put in months and months of training for an event. There is an entire sort of schedule and routine that bodybuilders engage in from the muscle building stage, then they start cutting weight, cutting fat, and they get their body fat down to such a, um, a, a low number that you can see all of the definition in their muscles. And they're doing that through a period of months. When you're working that hard, and you're putting everything you have into what you're doing, and something comes up that gets in your way, a muscle tear, um, another injury of some sort. You know, you have to be aware that your life isn't over. It, it's not the end. It is something that happens, and you have to deal with it. It's a challenge, it's a problem, and you've got to say, okay, this happened. I can't dwell on it. Let me assess the situation and see what happened. Did I do something? Was it something I didn't do? You know, a lot of times uh, amateur athletes will, for whatever reason, skip doing preliminary things like uh, a warm-up routine and, and, and stretching properly. And then they'll get injured, and then they'll be so focused on the fact that the injury has prevented them from winning the tournament, winning the medal, winning the competition, but really what they should be focusing on is assessing what happened. Did I get injured because of something that I did or didn't do? And that's something that, that we can look at, again, with self-assessment. But then you've got to be able to overcome that hurdle, that obstacle. And you've got to move forward. And a prime example of, of what I'm talking about is, um, is you know, Rich Gasperi. Rich was the runner-up for years in the Mr. Olympia comp uh, competition and never won. But what was, I think, inspiring for me about Rich is that every year he came back to the Olympia, he 
did something different with either his posing or his his physique, or he worked on an area of his body to be better, to try to win, to try to challenge his competition and challenge himself. But he did that through, you know, realizing, okay, there's a hurdle, there's an issue here, there's something that's not uh, getting me to where I want to be. What can I do to overcome it? And that, I think, is something that is extremely inspiring and should be inspiring for us as entrepreneurs because there is not going to be one day in your business life where everything is going to go perfectly. And as a matter of fact, the more successful you get, the more well-known you get or your product gets, you are going to incur negatives. Simple. If you talk to people who have been in business for years and years, you talk to somebody like Donald Trump, what he'll tell you is that if you're going to be in business for just part of doing business, and you have to understand that, and you cannot fixate on that. You've got to get over it. You've got to pick yourself up, assess the situation. Was there something that I did wrong? Was there something I could have done better? And then move on. And that's what competitive bodybuilders do. Why didn't I win this competition? Was it something I did or didn't do? How can I fix it? And then you move forward and, you know, you try something else. That's just the way it is with business. Now, talking about self-assessment for a minute, if you will. A few months ago, we talked to a guest, um, Captain Lee Abershaw, or Michael Abershaw, I'm sorry. I'm I'm confusing my captains because Captain Lee is from the Bravo show Below Deck, and Captain Michael Abershaw was the commander of the USS Benfold. And one of the things that um, we talked about with Captain Abershaw, is the idea of what the military does after an op. And after an op in the military, they have a self-assessment period. It could be five minutes, ten minutes. It could be an hour. But what they do is they review the op. And this is very similar to what Sometimes the surgeons and the residents uh, will get together and they will analyze what they did on a particular procedure. Same with the military. How did that op go? And they analyze and assess the goods and the bads. And that's important, right? That's different than the fixation on competition that's harmful. We're talking about positive self assessment. Now, uh, we are still waiting for Rich to call in. Hopefully, there's not a problem. Unfortunately, with live shows like this, um, situations arise, and and unfortunately, it looks as though we might be having a problem with getting Rich on. Um, If Rich does not come on today, I guarantee you that we will have this rescheduled so we can do it again because I really do feel that there's a lot of information that we can uh, we can learn from Rich. So I don't want you guys out there to uh, to despair because if it's not happening today for whatever reason, perhaps there was an emergency, we will have him on again. And and this goes to my point what I was was making earlier about sometimes things happen. Sometimes there's hurdles. There's problems. And, you know, we have a live show. And on a live show, things happen that are beyond your control. Technical difficulties, you know, something happening with a guest. And you've got to make the best of it. And so here we are, and we're experiencing that same scenario that I'm speaking about. What do we do? Do we end the show here and say, well, you know, we couldn't get Rich on and and there was a problem, so we're done? No. We're going to talk about 
what I was going to talk about with Rich without Rich. And, and that's a, an important lesson, I think, to take away. You're going to have disappointments, difficulties, obstacles, hurdles, and you've got to find ways around them. And we're going to make the best of this show today. Uh, we will have the giveaway that will close on September 16th. So even though we haven't had this interview, uh, which is unfortunate, what we're going to do for any of you out there listening and wondering, well, what do I do? How do I leave a review on this show? Simply do this. After you listen to today's show, whether it's live or whether you download it, leave a review about the topics that we talked about, about the show itself, and that will obviously be considered your review on iTunes, and you will be entered to win the book. Um, so that's that's kind of the update on what we're going to do. But what I want to talk about now, moving forward, and if any of you are out there and are competitive or amateur bodybuilders, I encourage you to call in and, and let's join this conversation with me, 347-855-8831. I want to talk a little bit about... Um, the comparison between the mindset and skills of a professional athlete or a bodybuilder and a successful entrepreneur. So we talked about the idea of not being fixated on entrepreneur. And now let's talk a little bit about dedication. Because if you're going to be a pro bodybuilder, someone that is world-class or a world-class athlete, dedication is one of the top you know, things that you need to have about you. You need to be so dedicated that if you are going to a gathering, uh, Thanksgiving with your family, and you're preparing for a show, a competition as a bodybuilder, and everyone's sitting there with plates of mashed potatoes and gravy and biscuits, and you're in your pre-contest dieting phase, you simply cannot have that food. And that level of dedication where you can deny yourself that instant pleasure because there is a greater goal down the road for you, that's something that you should look at. And when you see people that have that level of dedication, you should emulate that. As business owners and entrepreneurs, we need to have that level of dedication to our products, our company. We need to be dedicated to the people that work with us and dedicated to serving our clients and customer base. When you're dedicated to something, when you are passionate about something, it makes those roadblocks and hurdles slightly easier to overcome because you have this mindset, regardless of what happens, I'm moving forward. Regardless of the fact that I want those mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving, I'm not going to eat them because it would set me back and I have a plan, I have a path, I have a mission, I know what I want to accomplish and that is to place as high as I can or to win this upcoming competition. So you're able to take that dedication and turn it into self-control. Now, as entrepreneurs, we've got to be dedicated to our brand. We've got to be dedicated to the services that we provide. You know, you can't just throw poor content, whether it's content in the sense of social media or what you're going to be posting on your website or content in the, the, the larger sense of products and services that you're going to be offering. You know, are you going to produce a bad product or provide a bad service at some point in your life? Yes. And that's when you conduct that self-critical analysis, that self-assessment, and you say, what can I, I do better 4.30 in the morning to get to the gym by 5? That's something that can only come going to be able to withstand the mashed potato, as we are now going to call it, right? You are going to give in, cave in, and make all kinds of excuses 
as to why it's okay. You're going to justify straying from the path because you, you lack that level of passion. If you look at competitive athletes, competitive bodybuilders, competitive Most of them is the passion for the sport, the passion for the competition. If you sit down with some of the most successful bodybuilders out there, what they're going to tell you is C.T. Fletcher. And um, at some point, I'd love to actually have CT on the show. I want to talk about him for a second. Right, first of all, CT Fletcher is a legend in the powerlifting world. And while this sort of is, is off the cuff, so I don't have a lot of the facts and figures in front of me, CT was a world died for a few minutes, and, you know, recovered. And in his uh, story, he talks about the uh, dedication and passion and commitment to not giving in and not allowing the doctors who said, you're never going to lift weights again to win. And it's a great, great story, and I'd love to have him on to talk about that. I'm going to bring a caller on the air. Hold on one second. Let's see what we have here. Hello? Yes. Rich? This is uh, Rich. Rich. How you doing, Rich? It's Peter Lamont. Nice to uh, to speak to you. Uh, I thought um, that I... Uh, maybe we had some technical issues, so I'm glad to have you on. I may not have too long of a, a time on this because I have a conflict, so I don't know how long we're going to be able to speak. <laughs> okay. All right, well, I've been talking about you and your career, and uh, what I'd like to just get to, if you could speak for a few minutes about um, the commitment and the skills that you have sort of built up as a, a pro bodybuilder and how those skills translated into your transition to an entrepreneur and, and a successful business owner. And, you know, some of those skills I was talking about are things like, being aware of your competition the same way that you would in a bodybuilding competition, but not being fixated on them, focusing on what you can do better. So could you talk for a few minutes about some of those skills that translated from bodybuilding over to entrepreneurship? Well, you know, as a competitive bodybuilder, you know, when I was going up against uh, Lee Haney, my competition, you know, he was a totally different physique. You know, it was basically comparing apples to oranges. You know, he was type of guy with a you know very small waist and you know very wide uh structure you know in the shoulder taller than me uh so he had a much different type of body where I was more of a you know of a herculean physique um you know i I could build my legs much better than his um I could get much denser much harder than him, so for me, the best way is like looking or assessing my competition is not to try to beat him because he was much bigger than me, but to beat him at what I could be the best of my attributes. So what I did basically was, you know, get in the most, you know, uh, conditioned uh, shape than any bodybuilder could ever get in. You know, I was the first bodybuilder to introduce, you know, striated glutes. Before that, no bodybuilder would ever show off their, you know, their glute right. muscles because that was, you know, that was covered up and, you know, that is a muscle. So I was able to first time to be able to, to do that and then it shocked the bodybuilding world where now any top bodybuilder who's in condition, he has to show that he has striated glutes. So that was what I did. I assessed my competition and basically said, well, what are my strong attributes to be able to beat, you know, his? And, you know, and that's what I would basically do. Same thing in business, you know, when, you know, I compete with other companies, I looked at what was the best, you know, attributes that I had with, you know, disparing nutrition, whether, you know, for me it was having me as the, person in charge of the company, you know, me as the, you know, the, the founder and the former bodybuilder who started a company that knew what, you know, 
other bodybuilders wanted to use and take. So I basically, you know, looked at that as my strength and, you know, and pushed that to the, to my, you know, audience and customers to say like, you know, I know what you guys, you know, need and want because I, you know, I was there, you know, and I looked at certain ingredients or products that I wanted to take um, to compete with, you know, a faceless entity. You know, I'm a per, you know, I'm a person that you can, you can talk to and, you know, see me at shows and, you know, so I built up um, a personal rapport with my customers, which then, you know, made customers more feel comfortable in, you know, in trusting me with the products I developed. So I kind of used that to my benefit from, you know, being this, you know, businessman with my product line and then, you know, taking what I've learned from bodybuilding to business. Right. Now, your company has been around since 2001, I believe, is when it started. And, you know, actually, there's 19, other... Actually, 1998. <laughs> 98. There's yeah, other companies started. out there, you know, by former pro bodybuilders, like Lee Labrada has a company. What do you think sets Gasperi Nutrition apart? Because Gasperi Nutrition has some of the best products, the most quality, high-quality products. What what sets you apart from somebody like Lee Labrada? Well, I mean, I... I, I give kudos to Lee Labrada. You know, Lee Labrada was the first pro bodybuilder to start a company. And, you know, he, he actually inspired me because, you know, he, he actually was a couple years before me with uh, Lean Body and, you know, Labrada Nutrition. And I saw what he could do with that. And, you know, I was more interested in making more, I mean, he was more into protein bars and protein shakes and I went a little bit more into making, you know, more innovative products, you know, from my pre-workouts to uh, the aminos and fat burners and, um, you know, intra-workouts. I, I worked a little bit more into looking at what, you know, certain athletes were looking for. So I, I kind of went a little bit more into coming up with different types of products than what he did. He came up with a lot of stuff that, you know, were, you know, like I said, protein-based and bar base, but I, I went a little further into it. And I also did a lot more uh, traveling uh, than, say, he would have done, you know, going out to the public, meeting with customers. I've been all over the world. I've been, in, you know, anywhere from Africa to South America to Asia to Australia, New Zealand, all parts of the U.S., Canada, you know, and I've met customers and I have, you know, I have um, a good, you know, rapport with all customers that I that I know personally and that makes a big difference but you know I give kudos to Lee because he's the one who opened the door doors for you know us former bodybuilders to you know start a company and he you know he was successful and then I you know jumped on that and like I said took the football and just ran even further right right now you know what's interesting you know you talk about going out and actually meeting with your potential customers and you know, how important is that you were doing that at a, at a time period when social media was really non-existent. Now, now you've got social media. Do you use social media in the same way that you, you do when you actually go out and, and meet one-on-one -on -one with people? Do you communicate with your customers that same way through social media? Um, very much so. I mean, everywhere from Twitter to Instagram to Facebook, I talk to my customers whether it's through showing exercise videos or explaining my products, uh, social media has opened the doors to be able to talk to more people than what I was able to do just, you know, personally one-on-one. -on -one. So, yes, social media has changed the, uh, the scope of who you can meet and who you can talk to and how you can identify with your customer and how you can, you know, have that relationship with your customer. So, yes, very much so social media has opened the doors and it's opened the doors for many other you know, um, people that have, you know, started companies and using social media as a vehicle, you know, and growing their, their customers in that, you know, customer relationship. Right. Now, I think what's important, though, and, and what I've seen through your use of social media is that you interact and engage with people. You are educating them, but you're also listening to the things that your clients, your customers are saying. And, you know, you're using social media in a way to actually interact not just try to push your product. You're actually listening and talking with the people that like you and Gasparri Nutrition. Um, very much so. I mean, I don't want to just go on social media to, you know, be, you know, an advertisement guy just to sit there and, 
you know, talk about my products. And although, you know, that's what I do and that's, you know, that's what I sell, I think, you know, it's more important to build up a rapport with, you know, people that you're talking to, even in social media, that, you know, they build a trust and that, you know, I want to help them reach their goals. And it's not just trying to sell my products, but, you know, how they can train properly or what they can do to eat or what, you know, things they can do to, you know, improve upon themselves. So that's very much so, you know, I use social media, but it's not just sitting there touting and pushing, you know, disparate right. nutrition products. Although I, I do that and, you know, say, hey, check this out or check out this product or do this or do that. But, I mean, we, we, we try to talk more with these people. A lot of times I show them, you know, here's my exercise. Here's my workout of the day. This is what I'm doing. Hey, here's an exercise that, you know, that you may want to try or, you know, things like that. Right. Now, you know, one thing that's important in the bodybuilding world, especially when you're in competition, you know, you'll go into a show and you'll think that you did a great job preparing. And, you know, you get up there and the judges didn't like something about your physique. And successful bodybuilders like yourself, you'd go back and you would work on that lagging body part or you'd work on your posing and then come back the next year with something, you know, new and reinvented. How important is that same philosophy in business, you know, where you've got to assess yourself and then make changes and fix what you're doing? How important is that? Oh, it's very important. You have to, uh, you know, like in sports nutrition, it's constantly evolving. And, you know, the whole social media has changed uh, what is happening, you know, in sports nutrition. And, you know, uh, you know, there's a new generation of people every year. So you got to try to, identify with them and how, you know, to be able to touch those people. So, you know, myself, I've been doing this, like I said, since 1998. So every year, you know, Joe Weider used to say every year, there's a new bodybuilder coming up, a new aspiring bodybuilder that doesn't know anything about, you know, bodybuilding or, or yourself. So you have to sit there and, you know, teach that person and, you know, go on and, you know, let them, you know, have a relationship with you. So you have to constantly evolve, you know, in, in what you're right. doing in business. And Joe Weider was a really good businessman himself and a great mentor to a lot of pro bodybuilders. Um, he was, I think, way ahead of his time with what he was doing, not just with the sport, but with understanding how to take something that once was a fringe sport and bring it into mainstream society. Exactly. I mean, I I, uh, I got very close to Joe Weider, and it's it's just a shame that everybody, all the new bodybuilders today, don't even know who Joe Weider is. And you know, when I was a kid, I, the first thing I did is you know I looked in the back of a comic book and saw you know Joe Weider there with his arms crossed, saying you you could have a you know muscular build too. And you know, he got those young, inspiring you know kids like myself to start training and get into bodybuilding. Um, I got to meet him personally, you know, when I did compete as a bodybuilder and, and I kept in touch with him after I stopped competing and he was still a mentor to me in what I did, you know, even in business. It's like I, I went to visit him one time and, you know, after I started Gasparian, I thought, you know, he's been old, he's an old guy and, you know, if he, he's still paying attention. I, you know, I said, Joe, you know, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. He goes, I know exactly what you're doing and I'm very proud of you. And, you know, it's great to see you, you know, transition from bodybuilding and, is still making a mark, and he goes, you know, he goes, I made my mark, and it's now your turn to take the torch. I mean, he, he had ways of saying things to really motivate you and make you feel like, wow, this guy really believes in me. You know, even as a bodybuilder, right. he believed in me, and, and when he when he say these things to me, it really touched me to show, like, you know what, I'm going to show Joe that I, I am the guy that's going to take that torch and go further, you know, with it, and uh, he, you know, he was just a very special person, and I, I was one of the few out of five people to speak at his memorial, and I felt very special at that because he actually, before you know, he passed on, to say, I want certain people to speak for me, and and the names that were there were, uh, well, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno, Franco Combo, Frank Zane, and myself, and I felt very touched by that because those were from another era, and then he had myself yeah. speak. Um, as well, and then the rest were all businessmen and people that worked for the magazine. So I was pretty. Well, and then also Corey Everson who spoke. But I was very touched that you know that I was already in Europe, in Germany at a trade show, and they asked me to speak at his memorial. And I I got on a plane and I you know I I went there because I felt he 
he made the wave. You know, people say that he rode the wave, but he made the wave of what bodybuilding is. And if it wasn't for Joe Weider, there wouldn't be bodybuilding. There wouldn't be sports nutrition. There wouldn't be all these different things that have evolved the gym, you know, gyms and all that. He's done so much for the sport, you know, of bodybuilding. Yeah. And, and you know, what, what's nice about that, that story is the fact that, you know, he gave information and help to people like yourself. He wasn't one of these guys that just kept everything, you know, tied up. And you don't know the secrets. I'm not going to tell you. You just do what I say. He was very giving. And I think that's important in today's business world to, to be willing to help, whether you're, you know, trying to help a younger bodybuilder or help somebody that's an entrepreneur coming up to give some information to them and try to help them. It's, you know, paying it forward. Well, he, he took he took a, a liking to me because when I, you know, had a contract with Joe Weider, he asked me, you know, would you like to get paid monthly, you know, a certain amount of money, you know, that they were going to give me for contract? Or would you, you know, you know, what would you like, you know? And I said, you know what? I want ads in your magazine because you want ads in my magazine. I go, yeah, because I have to pay for those. Give me those ads because then I could do my mail order business, which I had, you know, booklets that I was selling, videos, clothing. Right. And the amount of money that I made with those ads in his magazine were four times more than he was going to pay me. So he looked at me and he said, you know what? I'm really proud of you because you're, you're one of the few bodybuilders that don't just sit there with your hand out. You, you, got, you went there and you said, let me have those ads instead. And that's where he came. You know, he had a liking to me to see that, you know, I had that entrepreneurial, you know, um, view of like not just feeling entitled to and this is what other bodybuilders have to learn. It's like, you know, just you have to work for building who you are. It's not just sitting there, you know, and you can be the greatest bodybuilder and, you know, demand a certain amount of money, but, you know, you got to build yourself up and, and work for that. And I felt like, you know, I could do more by getting that ad than getting those, you know, $3,000 he was going to pay me. So he, he was like, you know, you're, you're a much smarter guy than I thought. And this was, this was me when I was in my 20s. Can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know. We just had a little bit of a breakup. Okay. Um, what I was saying is I know you've got a conflict, and I don't want to keep you on much longer. Uh, I just want to ask you one question. If you had one piece of advice for entrepreneurs today, people that are starting their own company or they have this desire to start it, but they haven't done it yet, what would be your number one piece of information that you've learned as an entrepreneur over the years? Well, you, you, you can't, you can't give up. Um, you have to plan, you know, you, you, if you don't plan, you'll fail. Um, you know, you have to come up with a vision and then you have to plan what you want to do with that vision and then you have to execute. And then you just, and then a lot of times when you're executing something, it may not work and you have to know when to let that certain thing that you want to do or certain, you know, product that I wanted to sell, if it wasn't going to work, go to the next one. And it's time to like, not just waste your time on that specific thing that you thought was going to make it. You got to like read the demand of the audience. And that was something I was able to do and finding, you know, and listen to, um, listen to your audience and what they want. They're the ones who always know you know, what, what they want. And a lot of times people, entrepreneurs don't listen. They just start something and they think it's a good idea because they think it's a good idea, but they don't listen to their audience. You have to listen. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely, I think, imperative. And I think that, you know, you have done that over the years with the different products that you've produced. And, you know, the company itself has, has always done, I think, an excellent, up again. Hello. Here with Spare Nutrition. We we had a we had a disconnect. Oh. I know you have a lot of big things coming up this year. You have a new website coming out for Gaspar Nutrition. Yes. I have a new a new a new website coming up. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be interactive with our customers, uh, with our athletes. Um, you know, we're going to have a, a lot of stuff going on with information, uh, videos. So it's going to be, it's going to be, a, it's not going to be a site, just sit there and, you know, look at products or a catalog. It's going to be much more. It's going to be a learning tool by going on our site. 
All right. Well, that's great, and we're looking forward to that. Rich, if people want to contact you and learn more about you, what's the best way to get in, in touch with you? Listen, you can contact me on Twitter, you know, on, you know, Facebook. It's Rich Gasparri, you know, Rich Gasparri fan, you know, fan page. Uh, Rich Gasparri, you know, on Instagram, Rich Gasparri on Twitter. Um, you know, you can just contact me that way. Um, you know, our our site will go up and, and it's going to be GasparriNutrition.com. Uh, this actually this month is September, so look out for it. But like I said, you can find me on social media. All right, we will do, and I'll post links to your uh, social media and Sparrow Nutrition on our show notes. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're you're a busy guy, and I appreciate you calling in and talking to to our audience. So I wish you continued success, and I want to thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, bye bye, Rich. Bye. bye. All right, so uh, fortunately, we did have Rich call in. It's um, It was nice speaking with him, and I, it's unfortunate that he had a conflict because I think that we could have really gone through a lot with him, and I think he probably had a tremendous amount of knowledge that he could have shared with us. But look, you know, I said it before we came on, things happen, and you've got to roll with the punches when you are um, in business or an athlete doing something live, doing just very over none anytime. Um, and I think that what is important to take away from what Rich was saying basically is, you know, that you, you have to have a vision and then you need to plan. You need to analyze what's working and not working. And if something's not working, you let it go and you move on to the next thing and you don't give up. And, and for me, I think those bits of information were probably the most important um, thing that we talked about today because that's his game plan. And that's how he runs his business. That's how he ran his professional bodybuilding career. And uh, the fact that he acknowledged what we were saying earlier in the show about analyzing and assessing competition, but not becoming consumed by them. I think that that was you know, exactly right on point with what I was saying at the beginning of the show. So um, I, I am, again, happy that he came on. Unfortunate that we didn't have more time with him, but you take what you can get and you make the best of it. Uh, now, I just want to get back to one second talking about what I was talking about before Rich came on the air, and that is CT. Now, this guy um, really is an amazing character, and that's, that's, that's what he is. He's a character. Um, but what a motivational guy. A lot we can learn from him. And while this isn't a show about C.T. Fletcher, this is a show about speaking with Rich Gasperi, I think that based upon what we talked about today, that it's probably worth mentioning him. And uh, he is putting out, and I believe it's out now or coming out in the next few days, a movie um, that documents his life and his adversity, his struggle. And as I told you before, Rich came on, he had a heart attack. He, he, you know, theoretically he died, came back to life and was told, you're never going to pick up a weight again. Not only did he do that, not only does he have an, an excellent physique, but now he has started his own gym. He's got this movie about his life, his magnificent obsession. That's what he calls it. And a really inspiring, motivational guy, somebody that I think we can look up to as entrepreneurs because there is someone who was faced with a challenge and said, oh, hell no, that's not going to stop me. And, and that's, I think, a recurring theme with successful entrepreneurs. Things happen, but as Rich Gasparri said, you don't give up. Look at what's working, what's not working. You make the necessary changes, and you soldier on, you push on. And, um, you know, I, I think that that is a very, very valuable lesson for us to learn because things are not always going to be perfect. Things are not always going to work out the way that they're supposed to. And, uh, and maybe this show today and the fact that things didn't go exactly uh, as planned. Maybe this 
is a prime example. Maybe this was, was happened for a reason, right? Because it 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 showed that yes, while things happen, you can continue to make the best of a situation. You can do something to move forward, and hopefully. Things happen all the time that are outside of our control, and uh, you just make the most of it. You know, we had an interview scheduled today. It was booked. It was all set, and a conflict happened. There's nothing we can do about it. But again, you know, take a lesson from this. I didn't mean to teach this kind of lesson today, but let's take it because I think that um, it's important for, for people out there to see that sometimes things don't go as planned, but what do you do? Well, you soldier on. And and quite frankly, if we had, let's say, ended the show when we realized that there was an issue, Rich called in almost a half hour later, we wouldn't have spoken to him. We wouldn't have had any information. It would have happened because that's exactly what he was talking about. It happened. And, you know, look how the show ended up. So who knows, but um, I really do think that there's this correlation between bodybuilding success and, and being an athlete and entrepreneurial success and so much more that we can learn about it. And we're going to explore this topic uh, in the future as well, because oftentimes, you know, we're focused on other successful business people. What have they done to become successful? And I think that other areas of life, we kind of, push off to the side because fitness, um, professional athletics, it doesn't really impact my business, but you know, you can learn from these people. And one final point I'd like to make about Rich, which, which is very impressive, is the story that he told about Joe Weider saying to him, I'd like to give you more money. How do you want to get paid? And, and Rich turned around and said, you know what? I'd like to have ads in your magazine. And he knew that he could make more money selling his product than he could getting paid by, you know, the magazine. And I think that that innovative, outside-the-box thinking, that belief in your, so yourself and saying, I'm going to try this, I think that is admirable and something that we can learn, you know, uh, to do. I think that outside-the-box thinking and not just, you know, as he said, bodybuilders with their hands out waiting for a paycheck, I think that that entrepreneurial spirit, that, that desire to question your current situation. Can I do something better? You know, should I take the money that Joe Weider was offering me? Or is there something else I can do? That, I think, is inspirational. So a lot of lessons in a short period of time. And uh, I, I hope that you, know, you, the listener, have learned a little bit of something today and, and maybe can take away some lessons that will help you in your business life, your entrepreneurial journey, or in your personal development as well. Okay, uh, before we sign off today, I just want to again remind everybody about the Rich Gasperi giveaway, 51 days, no excuses. All you have to do is leave a review of this show on iTunes, take a screenshot of it, and send it to giveaways at utlradio.com. You'll be entered into the drawing a name will be randomly selected, and the winner will be announced during our show, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on September 17th. So I wish all of you who enter good luck. If you didn't catch the show, right on that? Yes, 3rd of September. You've got time. You've got until midnight on September 16th to... and talks about overcoming obstacles and dealing with failure and moving forward. And it's a very good book. It's not just a health-related book. It's a book about transforming your life in 51 days. And there's a lot of life lessons and entrepreneurial lessons that you can learn from it as well. So make sure you get your entry in so that you can have a chance to win 51 days, no excuses. That is going to wrap up. Dot com. 
I really, truly appreciate every single one of you. You know, you know over the last few weeks, we re have been receiving a lot of email, a lot of phone calls, and to know that this information is good about what we're doing here. And as Rich was talking about listening to your customer, I want to listen to you. And, and that's why I take all of your feedback seriously, and I love to hear what you have to say. Most of you are, are putting very positive things out there, and I appreciate that. But those of you who might have a suggestion or a complaint, we take them seriously, too, because we want to provide you with the absolute best information, best experience that you can have from utlradio.com. Uh, before I go, one more mention, because I think this is extremely important, and I don't want anybody to overlook this. I talked during yesterday's show about back to school. And I think all of us have had that experience in our lives, whether we were this person that I'm going to describe or we just know somebody like this. A lot of kids get super excited about going back to school because they're going to get their new school supplies, their new shoes or, or clothes. But there's always that family or that child who does not have the financial means to come to school with new shoes or a new backpack and is in need and offer a help. A back to school scholarship. And this is going to be an annual scholarship. This is the first year we're going to be doing it. We are going to be giving away $100 gift cards to five families to help them with the cost of school supplies, whether it's shoes or clothes or books or backpacks, whatever it is. We want to help families that could use a little bit of extra cash during back to school year. You know, when I talk about the season of giving and it's December and around the holidays, but really we should be giving all the time and we should be trying to help all the time. And while, you know, we're we're all um, dealing with our own stresses and trying to build our businesses and build our brands and, and build our, our lives up from a personal standpoint, it's very easy to forget those people who are less fortunate and, and need help. And um, we're all guilty of it, myself including, but I think it's important to realize and to remember and to try to do something. And, and hopefully that's what this back-to-school scholarship will do. So if you're interested in learning about how to apply for the scholarship, you can learn more by going to utlradio.com. And on the homepage, there is a link both in the slider bar and then on the right-hand side of the website that will take you to the information that you need. Now, basically, all you need to do is write a brief letter or an email, record a video message, however you want to communicate with us, and just explain what you would use the money for. And, you know, a lot of times people are very proud and they don't want to ask. Uh, this is something that can be completely confidential. We're not going to necessarily announce your name if you don't want that. So I want you to feel comfortable in applying for this. And if you know a family or a student that you would like to nominate because you believe that they might need assistance, feel free to do that as well. And we will... There are five parents who need help, and we're going to award five $100 gift cards as part of our back-to-school school scholarship. So um, thank you. And thank you for thinking about giving to others and helping that back-to-school year for you know, those people that are less fortunate than we might be, just a little bit better. I want to thank you for um, sticking in today, for helping me get over the hurdle of you know, scheduling issues, and I appreciate all of your support, and I want to encourage you to support others around you, whether it's in business or your personal life. Don't forget to 
to check out utlradio.com on a consistent basis because we are constantly adding new and better content and more information and it really should should be the place that you're going to for information about this show, upcoming guests. So I encourage you to check that out. It's utlradio.com. This is your business success and legal information station. That's going to do it for today. Tune in next week. Now, it's Labor Day, so we're not going to have our Monday show with our Business and Legal Week in review, but we will be back on Tuesday with our legal Q&A live. So thanks. Have a great Labor Day week and a great end to summer, and we will see you Tuesday after Labor Day. An ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's what, man. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.